Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 231. We are now 30 episodes away from completing the Bible in 260. So congratulations for making it this far. Today, as we begin a new book, the book of Ezra, we'll be looking at uh, a time in Israel's history in the Bible as part of our readings where we see the people are returning from exile, that God is bringing them back after 70 years in exile, those who will be the remnant who return to the land of Israel. And as we do that, one of the themes that we see through this, including in Psalm 147 that we'll read today, and John chapter 21, the end of the Gospel of John, is this theme that shows that God is a God who heals the brokenhearted. He is the one who restores. And that's the kind of God that the Bible proclaims is the God who's worthy to follow, to serve, to love, to worship, and adore. So we begin today with Ezra chapter 1 and 2. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in fulfillment of the Lord's message spoken through Jeremiah, the Lord motivated King Cyrus of Persia to issue a proclamation throughout his kingdom and also to put it in writing. It read, This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build a temple for him in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any one of his people among you, may his God be with him, may go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and may build the temple of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. Anyone who survives in any of those places where he is a resident foreigner must be helped by his neighbors with silver, gold, equipment, and animals, along with voluntary offerings for the temple of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the leaders of Judah, Benjamin, along with the priests and the Levites, all those whose mind God had stirred, got ready to go up in order to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with silver utensils, gold equipment, animals, and expensive gifts, not to mention all the voluntary offerings. Then King Cyrus brought the vessels of the Lord's temple, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought from Jerusalem and had displayed in the temple of his gods. King Cyrus of Persia entrusted them to Mithradath, the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the leader of the Judahite exiles. The inventory of these items was as follows. 30 gold basins, 1,000 silver basins, 29 silver utensils, 30 gold bowls, 410 other silver bowls, and 1,000 other vessels. All these gold and silver vessels totaled 5,400. Sheshbazar brought them all along when the captives were brought up from Babylon to Jerusalem. These are the people of the province who were going up from the captives of the, of the exile whom King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had forced into exile in Babylon. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his own city. They came with Zerubbabel, Joshua, ne- Nehemiah, Zariah, Realiah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Bana. The number of Israelites were as follows. The descendants of Parash, 2,172. The descendants of Shephatiah, 372. The descendants of Ara, 775. The descendants of Pahath Moab, from the line of Joshua and Joab, 2,812. 
The descendants of Elam, 1,254. The descendants of Zatu, 945. The descendants of Zakai, 760. The descendants of Bani, 642. The descendants of Bebai, 623. The descendants of Azgad, 1,222. The descendants of Adonaikim, 666. The descendants of Bigvi, 2,056. The descendants of Adin, 454. The descendants of Atur through Hezekiah, 98. The descendants of Bezai, 323. The descendants of Jorah, 112. The descendants of Hashem, 223. The descendants of Gibar, 95. The men of Bethlehem, 123. The men of Nephtophah, 56. The men of Anathoth, 128. The men of the family of Asmapheth, 42. The men of Kirith-Jerim, Kira, Kiria and Biroth, 743. The men of Rama and Geba, 621. The men of Michmash, 122. The men of Bethel and Ai, 223. The descendants of Nebo, 52. The descendants of Magbush, 156. The descendants of other of the other Elam, 1,254. The descendants of Hiram, 320. The men of Lod, Hadid, and Onan, 725. The men of Jericho, 345. The descendants of Zena, 3,630. The priests, the descendants of Jediah through the family of Yeshua, 973. The descendants of Immer, 1,052. The descendants of Pasher, 1,247. The descendants of Harim, 1,017. The Levites, the descendants of Yeshua and Cadmiel through the line of Hodaviah, 74. The singers, the descendants of Asaph, 128. The gatekeepers, the descendants of Shalom, the descendants of Atur, the descendants of Talmon, the descendants of Akub, the descendants of Hattai, and the descendants of Shobai, 139. The temple servants, the descendants of Ziha, the descendants of Hashburha, the descendants of Tabaoth, the descendants of Kiros, the descendants of Zihaha, the descendants of Padan, the descendants of Lebanah, the descendants of Hagabah, the descendants of Akub, the descendants of Hagbad, the descendants of Shalmai, the descendants of Hanan, the descendants of Gidel, the descendants of Gahar, the descendants of Riyah, the descendants of Rezin, the descendants of Nakoda, the descendants of Gazim, the descendants of Uzzah, the descendants of Pasia, the descendants of Bezai, the descendants of Azna, the descendants of Mianim, the descendants of Nefusim, the descendants of Bak- Bakbuk, the descendants of Hakufa, the descendants of Hahur, the descendants of Basluth, the descendants of Mahida, the descendants of Harsha, the descendants of Barkos, the descendants of Sisera, the descendants of Tima, the descendants of Neziah, and the descendants of Hatapha, the descendants of the servants of Solomon, the descendants of Zotai, the descendants of Hasapharath, the descendants of Peruda, the descendants of Jala, the descendants of Dakarn, the descendants of Gidel, the descendants of Shephatiah, the descendants of Hatil, the descendants of Pokereth, Hasabayim, and the descendants of Ami. All the temple servants of the descendants of the servants of Solomon were 392. These are the ones that came up from Tel Mahala, Tel Harsha, Karub, Adan, and Emer, although they were unable to certify their family connection or their ancestry as to whether they were really from Israel. The descendants of Delai, the descendants of Tobai, and the descendants of Nekoda, 652. And from among the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, the descendants of Hakos, the descendants of Barzillai, who had taken a wife from the daughters of Barzillai the Gilead, 
and was called by that name. They searched for their records in the genealogical materials, but did not find them. They were therefore excluded from the priesthood. The governor instructed them to wait to not eat any of the sacred food until there was a priest who could consult the Urim and Thummim. The entire group numbered 42,360, not counting their male and female servants, who numbered 7,337. They also had 200 male and female singers and 736 horses, 245 mules, uh, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. When they came to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders offered voluntary offerings for the temple of God in order to rebuild it on its site, and they were able. As they were able, they gave to the treasury for this work 61,000 drachmas of gold, 5,000 minas of silver, and 100 priestly robes. The priests, the Levites, some of the people, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants lived in their towns, and all the rest of Israel lived in their towns. So there's a list uh, of a lot of people in that chapter. Uh, hopefully you were able to follow along. I tried my best. And as we see that, we realize that all these people are named. There's an importance there. There's a reality that God knows us by name, and that he brings these people back from exile And it was special to have your name listed there as one of those people that were coming back and experiencing God's healing in the midst of that sorrowful, painful time of exile. And that leads us then to Psalm 147, which we could call a psalm about how God does heal the brokenhearted. Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. Yes, praise is pleasant and appropriate. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He names all of them. Our Lord is great and has awesome power. There is no limit to his wisdom. The Lord lifts up the oppressed, but knocks down the wicked to the ground. Offer to the Lord a song of thanks. Sing praises to our God to the accompaniment of a harp. He covers the sky with clouds, provides the earth with rain, and causes grass to grow on the hillsides. He gives food to the animals and to the young ravens when they chirp. He is not enamored with the strength of a horse, nor is he impressed by the warrior's strong legs. The Lord takes delight in his faithful followers and in those who wait for his loyal love. Extol the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he makes the bars of your gates strong. He blesses your children within you. He brings peace to your territory. He abundantly provides for you the best grain. He sends his command through the earth. Swiftly his order reaches its destination. He sends the snow that is white like wool. He spreads the frost that is white like ashes. He throws his hailstones like crumbs. Who can withstand the cold wind he sends? He then orders it all to melt. He breathes on it and the water flows. He proclaims his word to Jacob, his statutes and regulations to Israel. He has not done so with any other nation. They are not aware of his regulations. Praise the Lord. Just love that beginning of Psalm 147, where it's good and fitting to praise the the Lord God who returns the exiles, rebuilds Jerusalem, because he is the one who heals the brokenhearted. And we see that same desire to heal the brokenhearted in uh, John chapter 21 which is recounting a story of Jesus interacting with his disciples after his resurrection. And a big part of this story is what's called the restoration of Peter, the very disciple who had denied even knowing Jesus three times that evening where Jesus was betrayed, was taken into custody, was brutally beaten, suffered, and died that next day. 
And so Peter here is uh, interacting with Jesus, the rest of the disciples, but especially with Jesus, and we see Jesus healing Peter the brokenhearted. John chapter 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Now this is how he did so. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael, who was from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples of his were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. We will go with you, they replied. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already very early in the morning, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, you don't have any fish, do you? They replied, No. He told them, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they threw the net, and they were not able to pull it in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So Simon Peter, when he heard that it was the Lord, tucked in his outer garment, for he had nothing on underneath it, and plunged into the sea. Meanwhile, the other disciples came with the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards. When they got out on the beach, they saw a charcoal fire ready, with fish placed on it, and bread. Jesus said, Bring some of the fish you have just now caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153. But although they were so many, the net was not torn. Come have breakfast, Jesus said. But none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Then when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these do? He replied, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus told him, Feed my lambs. Jesus said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus told him, Shepherd my sheep. Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? and said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus replied, Feed my sheep. I tell you the solemn truth. When you were young, you tied your clothes around you and went wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will tie you up and bring you where you do not want to go. Now Jesus said this to indicate clearly by what kind of death Peter was going to glorify God. After he said this, Jesus told Peter, Follow me. Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. This was the disciple who had leaned back against Jesus' chest at the meal and asked, Lord, who is the one who is going to betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus replied, If I want him to live until I come back, what concern is that of yours? You follow me. So the saying circulated among the brothers and sisters that this disciple was not going to die. But Jesus did not say that to him, that he was not going to die, but rather, if I want him to live until I come back, what concern is that of yours? And this is the disciple who testifies about these things and has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. There are many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the whole world would not have enough room 
for the books that would be written. And that closes the Gospel of John, the account by the Apostle John, the disciple of Jesus, John. And it's really interesting how Jesus here, after Peter denies knowing Jesus even three times, Jesus restores him and talks to Peter about loving him and following him and serving him in a way that was gentle and yet humbling for Peter, but it through it all showed that Jesus was willing to heal Peter's broken heart and show him that he really does love him and called Peter to confess faith in Jesus three times, reflecting the three times he betrayed him. And so what an amazing thing that Jesus, yes, speaking the truth, but doing so with gentleness and with grace, restores Peter and is the God who heals the brokenhearted. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-